In confusion and uncertainty, there emerges a guiding light, a beacon that cuts through the darkness. Welcome to Beacon of Truth with your host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Hello and welcome to Beacon of Truth. Uh, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers here. It's great to be with you. I'm so overjoyed uh, today. We've got so many wonderful responses to uh, yesterday's show. I've been getting uh, emails and texts from uh, from listeners and from from friends. It's just been uh, absolutely wonderful. So great to be here with you on the EW10 Global Catholic Radio Network. So and, and <laughs> the show is, by the way, Beacon of Truth with a B, not Deacon of Truth. <laughs> Got some emails yesterday. He said, I listened to most of the show and I could have swore you said Deacon of Truth. <laughs> so it's Beacon, you know, like a lighthouse beacon that looks out into the into the uh, ocean and, and guides people safely to shore. Uh, so Beacon with a B. Uh, and, I, and I am a deacon, so I can see the confusion there. But, uh, hey, it's all for the Lord. It's all for his glory. So what is what is this show about, Beacon of Truth? So. The purpose of the show is to help bring people to a deeper love and intimacy of Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith by speaking the truth in love. So this is not about apologetics. It's not about uh, solving people's uh, problems. It, it's it's not about um, you know trying to find answers to all these questions. It's, it's about how to make a deeper connection between our faith that we live, that we believe, that we pray, and the everyday lived experience so we can fall more deeply in love with Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. So truth is not a philosophical construct or an idea that you form in your mind. Truth is a person. John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, not a truth, the truth and the life. Uh, we'd love you to be part of the uh, Beacon of Truth uh, family. Give us a call, 833-288-3986. Again, that's 833-288-3986. Or you can email Beacon, that's with a B, Beacon at EWTN.com. I just got back from uh, Kansas City. And now I'm uh, home for a couple of days uh, in Portland. And, uh, I, you know, the thing about it, that actually sounds like the beginning of a, of a blues song, right? I, think, I was in Kansas City, and I got on a plane. I flew across the country. Now I'm home again. The slide working. Hey, there's, I think some potential there. All right, all right. But if you if you want to see me, uh, in your area, just go to my uh, website, deaconherald.com, and in the page header, just click on schedule. I'm going to be traveling a lot. Lent starts next week, and uh, I'm starting off this weekend in Waco, Texas. Got a number of things there, and then Lent starts, and I'm just going to be a traveling man until Palm Sunday. So uh, I'm going to be in Ohio. I'm going to be in Massachusetts. I'm going to be in Texas. I'm going to be in Florida. I'm going to be in South uh, Wait, South South Carolina. I'm gonna be a number of places. So, and if you, um, I'm gonna be in your area. Please come to the mission or to the conference or to the retreat. Would love to see you. I always love meeting 
members of the EWTN family. Whether you you know, remember me from television or with the radio show, I just love hearing stories about how Mother Angelica and the EWTN network has really, again, like what this show is trying to bring people to a deeper love and intimacy of Jesus Christ. Well, today's show topic is loved ones who are away from the church. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big topic. We, we, we're starting off. We're hitting the ground running. Uh, so we're going to look at why do people leave? Why aren't um, many evangelization programs working? At least, at least they don't seem to be working. Um, and what can we do to help loved ones even consider coming back to the church? So again, you want to want to be part of the uh, uh, conversation here. Eight three three two eight eight three nine eight six. And uh, with me today is my producer Ace is in the place. And I, I did listen to that Billy Joel song that you yeah. told me about uh, yesterday because I you know I don't watch TV so I didn't see the Grammys but right. I, I I heard it on Spotify and it is it is a good song very it kind of brought me back to some of the older. Um, uh, Billy Joel stuff. Yeah, well, and I wrote down all the lyrics that you just gave us, so that way when you're ready to construct this song in studio, you can uh, may, <laughs> maybe pitch it to Billy as an option for some release. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm wondering if people are confusing the name, if it'll go the other way, where also people might start calling you Beacon Herald, like combining the two. Uh, yeah. I could, hope they don't do that. It could get really crazy. <laughs> Sky's the limit, right? It could, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Oh, very good, very good. But I, I, I love the, the, the fun and, and the playfulness. But we are talking about something um, significant today. You know, people are away from the from the church. Now, um, you, I'm, I'm sure even, I mean, you're not Catholic, but I'm, but it happens in all um, uh, walks of Christianity that, that you have, uh, especially young people who are grew up in the faith, and all of a sudden they leave the faith, and parents are distraught. Uh, have, you, you, have you experienced that yourself? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, if all truth and transparency, I mean, I've done that myself, you know, where you grow up in the church and, and you're told to act this way and walk this way and do these things and never do that and never do this. And it gets confusing. You get frustrated and you're like, I, 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 I can't get close enough to God to understand who he really is because everyone else is giving me their opinions of what I should be thinking and feeling. And, and, but the great thing for me is like they say, train up a child in the way they should go when they're older, they will not depart from it. And so as I got older, I did come back, but it was, I won't say on my terms, but it was in God's voice that drew me in, which as I've tried to raise my kids is the same way. Like I can't enable them so that they're only listening to mine or my wife's voice, but they're discerning from what God is saying to them. And that peace comes from their own personal relationship. Yeah. And there's a, yeah, there's a number of issues involved with, uh, with why kids leave. Um, but, but ultimately, they're not in love. Mm. I mean, <laughs> let's let's be real. I mean, and, and you've even pointed out sometimes we teach the faith as let's learn about Jesus. Mm. You know, here's the Bible. Here's some stories. Here's some good things that Jesus did. Here's what he taught. Um, here's the test. <laughs> you know, test is over. Let's go to the next unit of the chapter that we're studying about our faith. And we we cannot approach the faith that way. Faith is a relationship. Jesus came to bring us into covenant relationship and intimacy, intimate, personal, loving, and life-giving community. You can't teach that. 
Like, for example, th- those, of, those of you out there who are married, I'm sure when you met your spouse, your husband, or your wife, you, you, someone gave you a book and said, hey, you know what? Read this book about this person. I mean, it's like a really good, I, I read the book. It sounds like a really good fit for you. And you read the book about this person. You said, oh, of, of course, this is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. That's the way it happened, right? <clears throat> Wrong. No, you you got to know the person. Hmm. You got to know. In fact, in, in Hebrew, is the word for know. Well, there's two couple of different words for, for knowing, for, for knowledge. One is da'af, which is factual knowledge. Two plus two is four. But the word they use for intimate knowledge, like for example, when it says Adam knew his wife Eve, that that's the word they use for the conjugal act. It's the same word that's used in Psalm 46, verse 11. Be still and know that I am God. It's yalda. It's it means knowledge that is gained by experience. I mean, you have to experience something in order to truly know that thing, mm-hmm. right? So you can translate it: be still and experience God. And that's the problem. Many young people have not truly experienced God. That's why things like the Steubenville conferences are so important or high school retreats because you're not just teaching. You're, you're, you're allowing young people to experience Christ in a personal, intimate way. And even in the adult world, you have you know uh, the Acts retreats. You have all different types of uh, um, uh, retreats for men and women and, and people who have been away from the faith. They come to these retreats and they experience something personally. They hear testimonies mm-hmm. from people sharing their faith in a powerful way. This is what God has done for me in my life. This is how entering into a relationship of life giving community with God has literally transformed my life. And people say, whoa, hold on. You know, I never knew that about this person. I see this person every day, and I never knew that. Wow, if God can do something like that for them, what, they, what, what the Lord can do for me. And they begin to be, they're not afraid to be vulnerable, and their hearts become open to listening. And, then the, that, and, and it's in that environment that the Holy Spirit can start to work. Yeah. Because now they're open to receiving everything that God wants to give them. God wants to fill them. And when we come back, we'll continue the discussion by... Uh, talking about the Psalms. Uh, uh, really looking forward to that. So give us a call, 833-288-3986 or email beacon at EWTN.com. Music well, on Beacon of Truth with Deacon Harold Burke Service. Nothing but the best. That's right. For EW10 listeners. That's awesome, man. Love that. Just taking care of you. I mean, you just got to remember to do the show and not get into you know <laughs> some dance break. Forget exactly, all about it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Jesus here. <laughs> That's right. Well, you are listening to Beacon of Truth with your host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Uh, give us a call, 833-288-3986, or email us, beacon, with a B, beacon at EWTN.com. And the voice you heard was our producer, Ace McKay, 
We also have our call screener, Matt Gabinski, and our social media expert, Charles Beery. Uh, so uh, what do our listeners need to hear now, Ace? Well, they want to know What's about... What's going on? Well, they want to know about the Eucharistic Mysteries and how they can find some of the solutions. So we've got a, a free ebook. They can download the 12 stations of the Most High Eucharist. Easy to find, ewtn.com slash Catholicism to find out more. All right, well, that music means only one thing. It is time to talk about the Psalms. So in this segment, what I plan to do is to take one of the Psalms and and break it open and connect the Psalms more deeply to the lived experience. Now, I mentioned uh, yesterday that in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, even in weekday Mass, there's always a Psalm. Now, we we typically only have one reading uh, at the weekday Mass, of course, unless it's a feast or a solemnity. And of course, and of two uh, readings plus the gospel uh, on Sundays, but there's always the psalm. And uh, talked about yesterday, the word psalm, actually from the Greek word psalmoi, uh, and the Hebrew is mizmor, which means songs to be sung to the lyre. So it's basically the Jewish hymnal, and these are songs that are meant to be sung. In fact, it's called, in the Hebrew, it's called the Sefer Telechim, which is the book of sung, a book of sung praises, a book of sung praises. So there's a beautiful musical quality to the Psalms. And even when you recite it personally, like I do, recite it without singing it, um, you know, there's a, there's a rhythm and a flow to the Psalms. And so what, what I want to do is help us to enter more deeply into the Psalms. So we listen to the Psalms at Mass, we are experiencing a, even a deeper love of Jesus Christ. So th- today I want to talk about the different types of Psalms uh, that, that we're going to talk about and that we're going to see as we continue our discussion. So there are Psalms of Thanksgiving, right? Um, for example, um, Psalms 30, Psalm 34, Psalm 92, Psalm 111, Psalm 138. Um, and uh, so these are Psalms of worship. And, and psalms, uh, the, like during, for example, the, the, the um, synagogue services or during the temple services, these would be psalms that would be sung, psalms of uh, thanksgiving. Uh, there's uh, psalms that help us to live rightly, right? That tells about how we live rightly in the eyes of the Lord. Psalms 1, Psalm 15, Psalm 24. There's psalms of confidence, right? We have confidence in, in God's love and God's strength and God's power working in our lives. Psalm 4, Psalm 16, Psalm 23. We all know that when the Lord is my shepherd, right? The famous one by, by King David. So we're going to be looking at that. There's also historical psalms, right? There's, there's psalms that look back on, on the, God's working in salvation history, you know, like Psalm 78, Psalm 106. And these psalms are, are typically longer psalms because it traces what god did for the israelite people and this is another way that the israelite people will not forget what god has done for them and the same thing is true for us how many times we god has helped us through something really difficult and we give praise and glory to god in that moment or maybe for a little while and then we kind of forget we fall back into our uh, into our regular way of thinking and way of acting and way of being and we forget how powerful God's love is, ha, has been working in our lives. Um, and we even see this in the book of Exodus, for example. The, the uh, Israelites has, have just seen uh, all of the uh, armies 
of Egypt drowned in the Red Sea. The, 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 the sea split in two. They went across on, on, on dry land. Then um, Moses closed the Red Sea, drowned all the enemies. They took five steps in the desert. Man, we're hungry. Man, where's our water? You know, so uh, they, they literally forgot. They just saw the miraculous thing God had done all of us, and they forgot it. So um, these are beautiful reminders of God's power working in our lives. Now, and I'll help make those connections as we look at these psalms. There's also psalms of forgiveness, right? We need to ask God for forgiveness. Now, the one that, of course, everybody knows is Psalm 51, right? That's the psalm that David wrote. I mentioned it. Uh, yesterday, that's the psalm David wrote after his transgression with Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness, your compassion. Blot out my offense. Oh, wash me more and more from my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly I know them. So we're going to be looking at these psalms that that look toward the, the forgiveness of God in our lives. Psalms 32, 51, 80, 86. There's also psalms of lament. You know, there's there's psalms that, uh, you know, where you're going through something really hard and, and, and you actually feel it. I mean, when I pray some of these psalms of lament, I feel it like, oh, yeah, I remember when I felt like that. Oh, oh, I remember that time where I felt like God wasn't with me, you know, that I didn't feel God's presence in my life. Right. So psalms of lament and, and some of these psalms are called shigayons in, in, in Hebrew. So, for example, Psalm 7. Um, and outside of the Psalms, Habakkuk chapter 3. A, a, a shigayon is a lyrical poem composed under strong, impassioned emotion. Okay? Under strong, impassioned emotion. So that's a, that's a shigayon. We're going to be looking at those Psalms as well. And then there are Psalms of praise or Hallel Psalms, right? Hallel Psalms. And that's where they were Hallelujah, right? Praise God. So these are Psalms of praise. So the Hallel Psalms are 113, Psalms 113 to 118, and Psalm 135. And there's also a set of what's called Deutero Hallel Psalms, or second praise Psalms, Psalms 145 to 150. So again, we're going to be looking at these Psalms, and, and, when, we, and when we look at these Psalms, is another way just to give honor and praise and glory to God. I woke up this morning, just like I do every morning, woke up this morning in Kansas City, and I said, Lord, the first thing out of my mouth, by the way, whenever I pray, first thing out of my mouth, Lord, thank you for allowing me to see the light of another day so that I may give honor, praise, and glory to your most holy name, right? First thing out of my mouth every single morning is honor, praise, the glory to God, because I want the, 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 the as soon as I wake up, I want my mind and my heart focused and directed on my relationship with God. I'm sure the same thing's true with you, Ace. Yeah, and I love, you know, in thinking about, uh, you know, spotlighting the Psalms that are specifically in a moment of thanksgiving. You know, I hear from a lot of people that have said, you know, I, I pray and I don't really feel like I see God at work or I don't feel like my prayer life has really changed any. And I was challenged actually by our good friend Jerry Usher about a year ago of changing prayers to rather than asking God for something to being thankful for what he's done and what he's about to do. And I love that the Psalms give us that place to start of how we can restructure our thoughts of thanksgiving so that we can ultimately think about, well, God's at work even when we don't necessarily see it or it's not happening as fast as we would prefer. 
That's right. And actually, the Psalms even make reference to that, which is going to be great. <laughs> look, we're looking forward to this. There's also Messianic Psalms of Fulfillment. Now, we're going to look at these particular psalms during specific times of the year. In fact, coming up, um, for example, Psalm 22, which Jesus prayed from the cross. We're going to look at that one on Good Friday. Um, psalm 88, uh, which traditionally that's the psalm that Jesus prayed when he was in the cistern um, uh, uh, on Holy Thursday night uh, under the house of Caiaphas. Um, we're going to look at Psalm 110. You know, where, where uh, uh, David writes about the, the future Messiah uh, in the order of Melchizedek, right? And we see Melchizedek in Genesis 14, uh, starting at verse 18. He kind of makes his appearance out of nowhere. Melech Zedek, Melech Zedek, the king of righteousness, right? So, so we're going to see how the connection between Melchizedek and Jesus through Psalm 110. Um, and we're going to look at some Psalms. And we're, I'm also going to look at some of my favorite Psalms. Uh, I love all the Psalms, of course, but there's some that just, you know, some Psalms just make you just have to stop and just soak in mm. and meditate on the word of God. I'll give you a little flavor. I'll give you a little flavor because we're going we're gonna to go through the Psalm at another time more detail. But whenever I go to adoration, when I kneel down in adoration before our Lord, blessed sacrament, body, blood, soul, divinity, Psalm 63, I, oh my, oh God, you are my God. At dawn I seek you. For you my soul is thirsting. For you my flesh is pining like a dry, weary land without water. I have come before you in the sanctuary to behold your strength and your glory. Your loving mercy is better than life. What? What? That's awesome. And so and so we're I'm praying this psalm. As I'm kneeling before the Lord in the sanctuary, in the Blessed Sacrament, in the monstrance. And, and your love, your love has said, it, 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 it's translated in uh, the version of Psalms that a lot of people are familiar with. Your love is better than life. And, and that's awesome. But in Hebrew, if you look at it, it's hesed, which is merciful love. So you can also translate it, your loving mercy or your merciful love is better than life. I just love that. Mm. <laughs> when, you, when you meditate on God's love is even greater than our life. And I think, for example, today, uh, the, the Paul Miki and his companions, it's the, uh, uh, the memorial of these the incredible Japanese martyrs whose love for God was so great that, it was, that they died rather than deny Jesus. Their love for God was even stronger than their fear of death. You know, and, 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 they, and, they, and they gave their lives praying, just like Jesus did on the cross, praying for the people who persecuted them. And, and, and for me, it's Psalms like this one, 63, that kind of give me that strength to keep going, the strength of persevering, to unite my life to those martyrs. Because that's what the, uh, the word martyr means, witness. You know, these, these early witnesses to God's love flowing in their lives. And so we can make parallels to that today. You know, look at in the workplace where you're forced to put a, you know, the, the, the rainbow flag on your desk or the, you have to use pronouns. You're calling one person them or something like that. And if you don't do this, you're going to lose your job. You know, I mean, so so where this psalm can help give you strength, even to uh, overcome some of the things that we're going through today, just like the martyrs did uh, in the early church as well. 
So this is, uh, uh, I, I'm so excited about uh, uh, this psalm segment. I'm really looking forward to it. But when we come back, we're going to dive into our topic. Loved ones who are away from the church. Why do they leave? Uh, and what can we do to help bring them back to Jesus? 833-288-3986 or email us beacon at ewtn.com. Back with Beacon of Truth, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. And uh, so glad that you're with us. Give us a call, 833-288-3986, or email beacon at ew10.com as we begin to dive into our topic, loved ones who are away from the church. Yeah, before we go to the phones, want to let you know that Fathers Know Best is something you can check out overnight, uh, 4 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio, drawing from some of the amazing catalog from retreat teachings and lectures from people like uh, Father Larry Richards, also Father Benedict Groeschel, all of that and more when you check us out overnight, 4 a.m. Eastern uh, on EWTN Radio. All right. So we have a caller. We haven't even really dove into the topic yet. We got, we got people. See, that's how important this topic is. We haven't even started talking about it yet, and people are calling. Uh, so uh, why don't we go to Marie first and then uh, and hear what she has to say, and then we can dive into the topic a little bit and, and, and talk about why kids leave and then, and then what we do to bring them back. Yeah, Marie listening on Sirius XM in North Dakota. How are you, Marie? Marie, are you? Oh, I guess it would help. I missed one button. There she is. Hey, Marie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. What's your comment today? Well, um, my parents have both passed, and I'm the oldest in the family. I had an older brother who died, but um, so my mom was the novena queen. And so I had some sisters and brothers who had kind of left the faith or just lapsed. And um, so I started doing my novenas, and of course, God works in God's time, but in the last uh, year, and I've been doing those novenas for quite a while, I've had uh, two sisters and a brother come back to the church, which I praise God, I'm so thrilled with, and I also had a brother who was dying, who had uh, lapsed from the church many years ago, and I was there for him towards the very end and asked him if he would like to see a priest, and he said yes, and he received all the last, um, uh, all the last uh, rites from the priest and received communion, and uh, received communion until he was no longer able to. So, praise God, I, it worked, and I think that we just have to keep, keep trying and keep praying for them. Yes, amen. Thank you, Marie, for that, that wonderful comment. You're so right. So I want to talk a little bit first uh, before we go to the other callers just uh, about why why do they leave? You know, because so many parents are left saying to themselves, I don't know what happened. We sent them to Catholic school, and they went to church with us every Sunday, and they were part of youth group, and they got confirmed. What happened? You know, <laughs> what happened is that so many young people are fans of Jesus and not followers. So why is that? 
Well, there's not one reason. I mean, there's a plethora of reasons. Uh, but what I do know is what Bishop Barron presented it to the U.S. bishops a while ago where he said, the, the median age when someone makes the intellectual decision, I am no longer Catholic, is 13 years old. That means they've effectively left the faith before they left their parents' house. So how, how does that happen? So here, here's a, from my perspective, here's a couple things I think we need to think about. First of all, this poor catechesis, the education of the parents. Now, I'm not blaming and pointing fingers at the parents. Okay, so look, I grew up in that era of, uh, you know, 1970s Catholicism, felt banners, you know, uh, you know, kind of guitar Jesus, you know, uh, kumbaya. I mean, I, I grew up in so So the parents can't give what they don't have themselves. If someone said, Deacon Harold, I need 20 bucks. And I, and I went in my wallet. My wallet's empty. I can't give you what I don't have myself. So how do we expect parents to pass on things to their children when they don't have anything to give them? You know, so so what what and what ends up happening sadly is that some parents outsource their responsibility of teaching their children the faith. So yes, we'll take them to basketball and soccer and baseball and football and and all these other extracurricular activities and you know, well, as far as the faith Catholic schools will do it. A youth group will do it. Confirmation class will do it. And 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 those are important, very very important. But they're not but they're supposed to be a supplement, not take the place of one of the primary responsibilities of parents is the the the, the uh is the education of their children. Uh especially in the faith. And the best way we can do that is by the lived example. So if they don't have a lived example, for example, they, they're learning all this stuff in school about Jesus. They come home. They don't see the faith being lived out. So for them, there's a disconnect. Well, I'm learning about this stuff here, but it's not being lived out. So I'm just going to treat this like language, language arts, uh, uh, English, history, you know, uh, religion. And, and sadly, that's what it becomes. And second, they don't know Jesus personally. We talked about this at the beginning of the show. They, don't, they, they know things about Jesus, but they don't know, they don't feel like they're in a relationship with Jesus where they're making decisions about what they're doing with their lives based on and out of a deep relationship with Jesus Christ where they're thinking, you know, I, I want the Holy Spirit to help me make this decision right now. You know, where, where they're consciously calling on on Christ and the Holy Spirit to be part of their life and part of their decisions. And, and that's because of the disconnect between the faith and the everyday lived experience. Many kids say they're, they're, say they're uh, bored at Mass. And we're going to have a whole show talking about the Mass at a, at a later time. But there's a disconnect between their faith and their everyday lived experience. So they say, Mass is boring. Why? Because they don't know why they're there. They're there because mommy and daddy make them go. They're there because they, you know, they have to sign some piece of paper. See, Father, I showed up the mass, and I can get confirmed, which for many of them is Catholic graduation. You know, uh, so so we have to reconnect. Because look, religion comes from religion. Ligion means to join. Religion, religion means to rejoin. So if you have to rejoin something, that means it wasn't joined in the first place. So we have to reconnect them more deeply by by. How do we do that? By helping to understand. The why of the faith. Not just do this, do this, but why. Why are we doing this? What does that mean to my life every day? 
There's also family tragedy. You know, I mean, oh boy. You know, all there's some brokenness in families. There's alcohol, substance abuse, physical abuse. Uh, there's divorce. There's maybe a death in the family. You blame God for it. Or maybe your 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 parents weren't the example. It's like, well, if, well, you know, if, if if fatherhood is like this, I won't have nothing to do with God as a father. If I had to think of him like my father, right? That kind of thing, you know. So there's a lot of that stuff going on. Well, you and I both have that part of our lives that are the same, where we didn't have that fatherly figure. So to think about a heavenly father is difficult for a lot of people. I mean, we even heard from Anne overnight. She was asking, you know, how do I? get on fire for God. Like she's like, I go through the prayers, I go through the motions and she's trying to set a motion for her family and, and for her children, but she can't even find it herself. And, and I think it, it does start with, we try to apply the parallels of a physical or whether it's present or absent father and trying to make sense of the heavenly father. What would you say to Anne or someone that's even trying to find that fire? Well, let's think, what, what is it? See, see, in any relationship, there's something that draws you to that other person. Yeah. Right? It's something, it's something that you see in that person, maybe that someone else doesn't see. So, so what is it about the relationship with God? Maybe for me, Psalm 63, when I started the relationship, it's that, it's that particular psalm that draws my heart, that draws my mind into a place where I can f- completely focus on being intimate with God in that uh, hour of uh, Eucharistic adoration. <coughs> so we have to ask, what is it um, that that is going to connect us to that relationship and intimacy with God? Is it a is it a song? Is it a psalm? Uh, is it just walking and, and meditating? Yeah, the prayers you can go through the prayers, but which prayers? Mm. Which particular prayers touch your heart? That make you feel something. Like I listen to music. Yep. And I just listen. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. But then a certain song comes on and goes, Whoa, that just did something to me. Well, oh, let, 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 uh, go back, rewind. Let's go back. I need to hear that part again. Mm-hmm. Because that part did something to me. That's what we need to get to. And the, the church has such uh, a treasure trove of prayers and novenas. You have to find the one that truly speaks to your life, to your heart, to your situation, and use it as an entry point to enter into that space of relationship and intimacy with God. Yeah. Well, and I always say when you go to Mass, don't look for all the reasons not to come back. Look for the one reason that you want to be there, even if it's, you know, the hospitality is great, the coffee was, you know, the best you'd ever had. I mean, whatever. Find a reason to continue to come back, because while we may not necessarily feel close enough to God to understand him better, he knows exactly what how to get to us and how to talk to us. I've, I've felt that firsthand. And that's the thing we have to keep in mind when he's trying to put us in a place where he can reach us more easily and we can discern his voice from our own or from others to know that much is a lot of times the reason to be there exactly we have to put ourselves in a space where we can do that you know and that um uh uh and so and so there's a lot of evangelization programs out there um and some of them are excellent excellent and, and but we can't think of them as a panacea 
right? You can't think, okay, if we, if I just go through this program, my kid just goes through their program, I know they're falling in love with Jesus. Well, the, the problem is that we can't program people to love. Right. We're not robots. We're not automatons. The, and the program, like I said, some, some are, they're excellent, but there has, those are springboards into dialogue. Those are springboards into relationship. They're a way of drawing in, mm-hmm. but now how do you keep them there? Right. Uh, how, how do you deepen that relationship? The program is a way in. But now how do you when they're, when the program is over, how do you give them more of what their heart are yearning for? More of what they're desiring, hmm. you know, because uh, the kids are saying, well, why should I believe this? Right. And once they start to get those answers to the why, now they feel no more connected to the faith, because now it's not just about what my parents told me to do or what I learned in this book. It's about I am walking with Jesus now. My heart is more deeply connected to Christ's heart. I feel God's presence and life in me. And I know that that relationship is real. Yeah. Just like I just like I see my friend and I know my friend Jesus Christ my God is in my life and I feel his power. I feel his love and that and that is going to change how I think, how I act how I enter into relationships and the choices that I make with my body, with my job, with, with where I go to school, with my life. That's the kind of stuff that we're, we're talking about. So we'll take, another, we'll take a, a, another call from Loretta, and then I want to dive into what kinds of things can we do to even help consider loved ones come back to the church. Yeah, Loretta's watching on YouTube from Oklahoma. Hi, Loretta. What's your comment or question? Hi, Deacon Harold. How are you? And your uh, your assistant. I'm sorry, I've missed your name. I'm glad we tuned in to the Beacon of Truth. First, I want to say, and the psalm, thank you so much. Your loving mercy is better than life. Thank you for that. Um, that's You're taking on the biggest topic about generations and generations of uh, unlived experiences of Christ's love. You've already addressed that in your commentary so far. And so it is true, all that you say, that you must have a living experience. But I have two sons who grew up watching Behold the Man, and we're very thankful for that. And that was in their late teenage years. We just want to say that. But it's just very—they're both in the church, thank God. Maybe because they were watching HWTN Behold the Man, you know. But I have lots of friends and other family members who— Sons, daughters, nieces, nephews are falling away, and it's tragic, and um, it's a lot of unlived experiences, as, you, as you've already addressed. So how how do we get back to, it, it has to be more than a feeling, it has to be transcendent. It has to be, it has to come from something that is other than a human, and so that's Christ, right? So it how do be- we bring... Yeah, yeah. It has to be transcendent, right? Yo, I, I, yeah, so it's the Holy Spirit. See, here, here's the thing that we can't do, Loretta. We can't say things like, uh, I'm not saying that you did this. I'm saying in general. We can't say like, oh, I can convert them. If I, Because you can't. The only one that convert convert anybody is, is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit changes minds and hearts. And, and uh, you know, it's the parable of the sower. Our job is, as Jesus says, is to throw the seed. We're like the the, the, the farmer throwing the seed. When the seed, and, and Paul adds, I seeded 
Apollos watered. God gave the yield. God gave the yield. So yes, we throw the seeds of faith, maybe throw a little water on it, but then it's God, the Holy Spirit, that gives that seed of faith in that person's heart. Remember some land on rocky soil, sandy soil, thorny soil, the weeds came and choked it, birds came and ate it, but some landed on good soil. Where the where the, the seed lands, not our problem. It doesn't matter where the seed lands. Our job is just throw the seed and then trust God the Holy Spirit to do the rest. So here's some things that we can do. First of all, don't argue with the person who's away from the church. Because I think, okay, if I just give him St. Thomas Aquinas, if I just give this devastating argument from Catholic Answers, if I just give him some Scott Hahn, if I show him this EWTN video, you know, I, they'll come back. Um, no. Now, here's why. If the person doesn't know Jesus, they don't care who Scott Hahn is. Now, I love me some Scott Hahn. Don't get me wrong. But if they don't know Jesus Christ, they don't care about EWTN, they don't care about Scott Hahn, they don't care about Catholic Answers, they don't care because they don't know Jesus. So what we have to do is introduce them to Jesus. And we don't do that by arguing with them. You know, even if they, if they why you guys worship a piece of bread? Ooh, Right, right then, oh, 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 whoa, wait, it's not a piece of bread, it's God, you know, but how could a piece of bread be God? And now you get back and forth in these, these arguments. Don't argue with them. Don't argue, don't take it personally. Here, when somebody does that to me, here's what I hear. I'm confused, please help me. I'm lost, please show me the way. That's what I hear. So that's why I never uh, uh, respond with anger or vitriol. We have to be patient because maybe that's that person's way of trying to understand, you know, why we believe what we believe. It sounds argumentative, but maybe that's their way of, of entering into a dialogue. So don't argue with them. And second, if your parents and your kids are away from the church, love them more than ever before. I cannot tell you how many young adults who are away from the church who've told me that they believe that their parents don't love them as much as they did when they were living at home because they're not practicing their faith, the grandkids aren't baptized, and they know how disappointed their parents are. But, you know, they said, we're in a different place than where our parents are. You know, we're on, we're on our own faith journey. And so you know, here's what happens. You go over to the house. Everything's fine. Then somebody starts, starts talking about religion or politics, and then things get crazy. And then you, you, you argue. If that continues to happen over and over again, here, uh, here's what's going to happen. Your daughter is, 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 is going to be driving home with her husband, and her husband's going to say one of these days, you know what, hon, I really love mom and dad. I truly do. But you know what? Every time we go over there, all they want to do is argue about the faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you know I, I, I just can't keep doing that. I'm sorry. If, if they're going to continue that, I'm not, we just can't go over there anymore. Who do you think she's going to listen to? Right. Genesis 2, therefore a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, not to his parents, to his wife, and they become one flesh. So here's the key. No matter what happens in that house, whether it's a very good visit or sometimes maybe a little argument happened, there's a little bit of tension there. The last thing that couple needs to hear, your daughter, your daughter-in-law, your son, son-in-law, the last thing they need to hear before they leave your house, I love you. And I'm praying for you. The very, no matter what happened, even if things are tense, even if there's a little bit of anger there, I love you and I'm praying for you. 
are the last words they need to hear before they leave your house. Mm. Very true. Loretta, thanks for your call. And you bring up a good point, too, because in the same way that, you know, parents and kids are in different places to receive or, or send their messages of faith. And, you know, we, we want our kids to see what we see, but they're not in a place to see it. But I think that goes even, you know, between someone as an adult, even until we're I know I found this out the hard way until I was in a place to see God or see myself the way he intended for me to see it, I was not going to receive it from anybody else. And everyone's calling and texting and you need to do this and live right and make choices better, all these things. But I was not in a place to receive that. And until I got there with God, by going through all the motions, like you can't skip over the motions, right? You have to get to the place that God intended because he knows he knows your margins, so to speak. He, you know, while, while there's, you know, here's the truth, but then here's Ace's margins, here's Deacon's margins, and he writes the things in there because he knows how we're going to react or not react to something that he's trying to put in front of us. And then it's not until later that we go, "Oh, that was God the whole time." <laughs> That's right, exactly right. Well said. You know, and and it's also prayer and fasting. Everybody's praying for their kids. Everybody's praying for their kids. But are we praying and fasting, mm. right? Next week, we'll hear on Ash Wednesday, Jesus will say, when you fast, not if, when you fast. Mm. Now, I remember the, 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 when Jesus um, uh, uh, was healing and, and some of the apostles tried to, to cast this demon out and they couldn't do it. And uh, Jesus did. And they said, well, what happened here? Why couldn't we do this? And Jesus said, there are some demons that can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. Why is fasting so important? Um, and then we'll talk about this more actually next week with Ash Wednesday, um, which is the only fasting day of Lent, by the way. Um, but, but what fasting does, that, that um, longing for food or longing for that thing that we um, are fasting from, whether it's our favorite television show, that, 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 uh, that hunger, that thirst, that longing, that desire is a physical way of remembering that what we're really, truly hungering for and thirsting for is a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus. When that desire is connected with prayer, lights out. Lights out. Because you've just given God permission by prayer and your and your physical fasting. You know, your body and your mind working together. You, you've now given God permission to do great things in and through you, right? You've now elevated your prayer. You know, you've now amplified your prayer, you know? Uh, and, and since we're going to talk about prayer, I think one of the most powerful ones is consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary. She's our mother. She's the greatest intercessor that we have with our son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Consecrate your child or that person away from church, your dad, your sister, your, your uncle, your grandfather, consecrate them to the Blessed Virgin Mary, through, through the, to Jesus through Mary, through her most sacred and immaculate heart. Again, I want to be clear, all consecrations are to Jesus, but to consecrate your, your person away from the church to Jesus through the sacred immaculate heart of Mary. Um, also, show the joy of the Lord. You know, we got to be joyful as Catholics. We can't walk around moping. And, oh, yeah, look at that Catholic. You see how happy he is. Oh, praise the Lord. Yay, Jesus. Come mm -hmm. on. I mean, I'm not saying walking around like, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants or something like that. But <laughs> but but that interior joy yeah. 
where somebody says, I want what that person has. You know, I, I, I want that kind of joy. I want that kind of confidence in my, and that confidence comes from that deep relationship with Jesus. So that matter what's happening, what's coming at you from the outside, you're confident and you're, like Jesus says, you're like the person who built their house on, on, on rock. On, mm-hmm. The winds came, the rains came, and that, that house stood strong and firm. So we have to, Jesus builds the house of our life with us. And we have to build on a strong foundation of joy um, uh, so that we can experience everything that God wants to do in and through us. And, of course, study Catholic apologetics. I mean, there's no excuse for at least not knowing some of the faith. There's a, EW10 has amazing apps. There's Catholic Answers. There's uh, so many places we can just learn about our faith. And I would recommend, because what happens is the people away from the church are going to ask you questions about the faith. Why do you believe this? Why do you believe that? And, you know, instead of watching an episode of something on television or listening to, to talk sports or talk radio in your car, how about listening to something that's going to, about 30 minutes, that's going to help you grow in your faith, something you didn't know about your faith that's going to help this other person maybe even think about, oh, you know what? Okay, that that's a pretty good answer. Like, let, me, let me think about that because what's your goal? You want the person that's standing in front of you to want to listen to more of what you have to say. You don't want to like try to win arguments. You want that person walking away from you thinking, oh, okay, I never thought about it like that before. Let me go back and ask another question. That's what you want because you're continuing the discussion. Yeah. And then um, finally, uh, I would say Eucharistic adoration. You know, Eucharistic adoration, embracing the silence and allowing God to be- become part of that discussion. That's extremely important. And then finally, pray that God brings someone else into their life besides you. <laughs> amen. Uh, yeah, amen. So, uh, why? Wow, what a what a f- uh, quick show. I'm sorry we didn't get to all the callers today, uh, but thank you for joining us. So, our topic for tomorrow. Tomorrow is Wednesday, our first Word of God Wednesday. Grab your Bibles, and remember, you can stream today's show. Visit Podcast Central at ew10.com/radio, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.